and welcome to episode 394 of Awards Daily's Water Cooler Podcast. I am joined by the other two M's. So M's, let's go around the cooler and tell the listeners who you are and where they can find you on the internet. Joey, we'll start with you this week. Hi, I'm Joey Moser. You can find me on Twitter at JoeyMoser83. Megan. Hi, I'm Megan McLaughlin and you can find me on Twitter at HeyDudeMeg. And again, I'm Clarence Moy. You can find me on Twitter at Clarence Moy. Hey guys, how's it going? Good, how are you? I am doing well. Hopefully you both are. Yeah, I can't complain. I've um, been trying to catch up on um, some documentaries and and stuff like that. Uh, I watched um, Navalny the other night. Oh yeah. Did you watch it, Joey? Yeah, I watched it uh, when it first dropped on HBO Max. I, I was really impressed with it. It was, um, I think it's great. Yeah. It's really upsetting too. <laughs> um, yeah, really upsetting. But I was, I watched that. I caught up on Abbott Elementary and, um, oh, and I watched, um, Hillary Swank's new show too. How's I liked, that? I liked it. Mm-hmm. I like that it's in like Alaska, I guess. I, I appreciate. It, I, I was thinking how, like, the comparisons to, like, Tar, I'm wondering about. <laughs> like, I haven't seen, having not seen Tar yet, but she's, like, this figure who gets canceled and um, and then finds herself in Alaska. And I, I thought, I'm sure people were going to be like, oh, this is, like, <laughs> the low-key Tar. But um, I really like Hillary Swank. I, maybe there were some moments in the episode where I was like, oh, this is, this is weird. Like, Joey, you watched it? No. Oh, you didn't watch it? Okay, there's a moment in it that I w- where she's like, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done, I'm done. And I was just like, oh. But uh, but she's really, I just love her, and I, I will keep watching. I really like the story, and I think it's really interesting. So That's interesting that people are trying to compare it to Tar, because I... I am, I'm the only one. <laughs> oh, okay, okay, okay. Yeah. It, uh, you know, I, the thing about Tar is that I, you know, when you guys see it, you'll you'll probably see this too, the whole thing about being canceled has been blown completely out of proportion. It is a small, small part of that film. Um, so I feel like mm. that's like when people talk about this is about cancel culture. Like it's, it isn't, it isn't. It's, it's about a lot more than that. It, it it's, has actually got much more on its mind than just cancel culture. But uh, uh, it's so bad. Weeks in two weeks. Yeah, there's it's some really good stuff rolling out, and it did well in the limited box office this weekend. It was only um, on four screens. I know. Um, I was like hoping that it would it was be only on four screens. Jesus. Yeah, like two in New York, two in LA, I think, or something along those lines. And then it's and so many people were like, "Go see it this weekend." I'm like, "Where do you expect us to see this?" Oh, uh, this is. And I hope I don't do this because if I do, you guys please feel free to call me out on it or any of our listeners. I, I do hate it when people are all like when they see things at film festivals and then they go on Twitter and they're like, Oh, this is such a great movie. Oh, you guys can finally see it now. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. I saw it two months ago, but okay. You're going yeah. to see it. Good for you. And I'm like, you know, just, or they're like, I'm going to go see it again now. Like I hate when people are like, I'm taking someone to go see it. And this is my fourth time. I'm like, it's opening day. <laughs> <laughs> or there was like um there was one person that I remember that I uh saw he tweeted something where he comment he replied to someone 
who gave like, you know, three or four sentences, three or four sentences about what he thought about this movie that came out like two or three months ago. And the original poster, uh, he said, he said to the original poster, he was like, uh, this movie came out like two months ago and nobody's talking about it and nobody cares. And I was just like, okay, you privileged bitch. Um, wow. We don't get to see everything all at once. We don't get to see everything at a film festival. And um, movies are not uh, limited to when they open. That's what makes them <laughs> live forever. They're literally a movie that's there to live forever. Yeah. yeah. And it also goes to like the part about, oh, it's it's after opening night, so we can talk about spoilers now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. I'm just getting around to like finally talking about like arsenic and old lace. Like now we can finally <laughs> talk about that movie. <laughs> Everyone's seen it. We're all caught up. Great. Okay. Tom Rose Blood was a sled. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> um it's interesting though, the uh talking about tar and and you know we'll, we're we're gonna segue over to the Emmys because this is not a film podcast this week. Um, talking about tar, the audience score on Rotten Tomatoes just keeps inching further and further down. It's it's not a lot of people, so I don't know that that's a sign of concern. But it's it's interesting now that uh, non-festival audiences are starting to see it. It's um, it's gotten a sixty-eight from audience score on Rotten Tomatoes. So I'm actually wow. not surprised because I think I I know everybody. I've been seeing so many posts about people like saying people saying that is Kate Winslet or Kate Kate Blanchett the one to beat, you know and um. And I just kept thinking, like, or like, does she have this in the bag, basically? And I'm like, no, like, <laughs> no. She, um, she it's a long does. awards uh, race, and also, I just have a feeling that Tar is going to be divisive. It is, but uh, we will talk about that when you guys see it. And and it's, not, I mean, I, I know people have said this before, and certainly we've been proven wrong before with the whole Francis McDormand thing. But I, you know. Are we really going to sit through another Oscar season where another white actress gets a third or fourth Oscar and we're still looking at Halle Berry as carrying that torch for black actresses and no Asian actresses have won Best Actress? Yet. Right. Uh, no Asian women have ever been nominated for Best Actress, let alone. Well, yeah, like. <laughs> Cher was. <laughs> oh, that's right. Forgive me. The doors, Emma Stone, kicked down. You live. Um, Anyway, uh, there's something else I was going to mention, but uh, it has it has escaped me at the moment. So uh, let's move on to our topic of the episode, which is the 2023 Emmy nominations. It's so just when you think it might be too early to talk about the Emmys, it's actually not. We're almost halfway into the eligibility window because uh, uh. it started June 1st of 2022, and it will extend all the way to May 31st, 2023. And uh, while we're five months into the cycle. We have only recently, and recently being uh, within the past month, immediately following the uh, the 2022 Emmys, have started updating the 2023 Emmy tracker on awardsdaily.com forward slash ADTV. So we kind of kicked everything off officially uh, yesterday with a post talking about where we stand five months into the season. So I thought we'd all three of us chat about it because I put my thoughts out there, but I want to hear what you guys think about what uh, – What's in the lead? What what's going to be remembered? What you think should be remembered uh, before we really start to see our next big title, which I think would be the Crown um, debuting uh, its fifth season, um, yeah, in early November. Oh well, the White White Lotus too. Uh, apologies, White Lotus, um, October thirtieth, which 
maybe a comedy, it may be a drama, it may be a limited series. HBO is being very cagey about it, and I think they removed it completely from their FYC site. So, yeah. I want to ask you what you think of the what you thought of the trailer of White Lotus. Yeah, I wasn't impressed to be honest. Yeah, I was kind of. I feel like it was. I actually think one of the things that hurts it is Jennifer Coolidge being there again because it's like a weird connection to the other. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't want these universes to, I, how is she always finding a dead body wherever she goes? It's turning into a little bit like how to get away with murder type, even though she's not like she killed anybody, but it just felt weird. Yeah. Um, that wasn't what bothered me quite as much. And again, I, I trust Mike White. I think it's just, maybe it's this trailer that the marketing department has cooked up that sort of is underwhelming. Um, but I do trust Mike White cause I think he's a brilliant writer. Um, but, uh, what bothered me was it seemed to be very repetitive about the theme of, Hey, rich people are assholes. And yeah. that guy from, um, uh, from Sopranos? Downton Abbey. Uh, no, no, no. The, the younger guy from Downton, the one that oh, uh, yeah. Dockery slept with and killed in Downton Abbey. Um, Theo is what is his last name? Theo. Oh, Theo James. James, yeah, yeah. Jane or James? James. James. Um, he looks like the uh, Jake Lacey. Jake Lacey character from the from the first season, and it just you know the whole theme of the trailer was oh white people are I mean rich people are so awful look at look at them in their playground in Italy this time and and I really hope it's about more than that. Yeah, I thought that too. And the last thing I will say is while it's almost like Jennifer Coolidge wasn't the character I wanted them to carry over. Like I felt like I got a lot of her and maybe we're going to see different colors and shades of her and that'll be great. But you know, Connie Britton, what about Connie Britton? I would have loved to see more about her. Um, And it it seems to be missing the, the glue that holds it all together, which is Murray Bartlett. Yeah. It doesn't have anybody it doesn't seem to have any of the quote unquote help, uh, right. being focused on. But again, it's, it's a two minute trailer and yeah. I, you know, I, I'm sure I'll enjoy it. Cause again, I, I really like Mike White's writing. I really trust him as an artist. I just don't know that lightning is going to strike twice. Particularly yeah. I think if, I, I'm sorry. sorry. Go ahead, Joey. I read something today that, that sort of intrigued me that, I think maybe it's just the cut of the trailer that is like that because they're probably trying to draw in the same people. But I did see that they said season two is going to be about, oh God, what a fucking that I just saw it, son of a bitch. Um, It said that it's going to be about, you know, um, the sexual and uh, friendship bonds between um, what's it called? Oh, Jesus Christ! Sorry, I, I totally lost. No, he said he said it's about gender roles between friends and lovers, okay. um, between Aubrey Plaza's character and an actor, Megan Fahey. Um, he said he wants to stay away from colonialism. He said, I didn't know that I had the gumption to wade onto those waters again, knowing I was going to get sniper fire from every direction. Maybe right. the classic sexual politics, the naughty subversive stuff we're getting into will take the edge off a little bit of that. Um, Good. But I, I forgot that um, Haley Lou Richardson is in it. And 
Um, the article that I read said he already has a plan for season three that it may take place in Japan. Oh, oh wow. Yeah, and, and I know they, in one of the interviews I did with the cast, they did talk about, you know, there's a possibility that some, I think with Steve's on, he, he might have mentioned off the record that they may look at bringing, you know, revisiting that relationship between um, mm. he and Connie Britton. Mm. So that would make sense because she does work. I don't remember what company she works for, but she does meet with China. So maybe she goes to Japan because she has a business meeting over there. And, and you know, obviously China and Japan are two different countries, but, you know, maybe she's in Asia and they, they visit a white lotus while they're there or something like that. I don't know. But um, our conversation today will steer away from predictions with white lotus and the crown. We're only going to focus on things that we've seen thus far again, starting June 1st through whatever premiered this weekend. Uh, uh, that would be in contention for Emmys. Um, but let's start with limited series. Cause I feel like that's sort of the trickiest spot. Cause there aren't really any obvious contenders in my opinion. There's certainly good television out there for sure. Um, probably one of my favorite series of the year, but I don't know I'm that. Irma is going to take it all the way. Right. <laughs> no, Wait, what did you say? We don't think Irma Vep is going to go all the way. <laughs> Um, you never know. You never know. But uh, I do know it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Let's start with the weirdest thing, which is Netflix is sort of all of a sudden unexpectedly being very huge when it didn't look like they were going to have anything outside of the crown. And then all of a sudden Dahmer has just emerged and is this inescapable monolith almost. I, I'm just so fascinated by people who are binging this, people who are deep diving into it. I mean, I, I like the show from what I've seen, but it's not something I'm going to sit there and I'm going to spend an entire weekend watching 10 hours of. The woman that I work with when I was at work today, she I hadn't seen her for a couple of days, and she told me that she asked me if I watched Dahmer, and I told her I, I still haven't got back to it since I watched the first three episodes. She said, oh, I watched the whole thing in two days. I was like, you watched that in two days? So this yeah. scares me about people, to be honest. <laughs> like it's not easy to watch, even though I have heard most people have tried it. Um, maybe because he's such a recognizable name. And if you're going to do true crime, it's oh, I was gonna say it's the most digestible. <laughs> um, <laughs> but like it is like something that everybody kind of knows about but doesn't know about because they don't want to know the details. Um, and I feel like, you know, Netflix is so, has this demographic of, you know, Gen Z people, which they were probably, they weren't even born whenever this happened. So it's all new to them. Um, I'm not really too surprised that, that it's doing well. And also that it's a Ryan Murphy property plus, plus Evan Peters. That's kind of a slam dunk. It is, but. I, you know, I, I would imagine that people would watch it, but the second most popular Netflix property ever, 750 million hours viewed, second only to the billion plus hours of Stranger Things is a big deal. Yeah, that is a big deal. Now, I don't know if that translates into that being nominated for limited series. I do think huh. um, Evan Peters is is probably in the conversation 
as well as Nisi Nash Betts. Yeah, I think so too. And it is something like part of me wants to finish it, but then part of me, as soon as I go to like watch it, it's like then I read an article about like don't watch it because the victim's family don't want you to like I kind of struggle with with what to do about it. Yes. Um it's uh David uh, Phillips actually wrote a piece about that on the site. Um, his opinion is that, you know, people don't get to judge art. I, actually, I haven't read the full thing yet, but um, I, I do encourage people to go out there and, and, and listen to his take. Um, it's a tricky, it's a tricky thing, right? Because every time I feel yeah. like some uh, true crime thing comes along, I think anybody could make that argument, even though this is particularly terrible. Yeah. But um, what's also weird is Joey and I were talking about this earlier. Um, there were no reviews of this, and there don't seem to be any reviews, advanced reviews of any Ryan Murphy shows lately. That's weird. Well, I even reached, I mean, the last couple of years, they haven't been releasing American Horror Story. I think that's just because they were trying to get away from spoilers, but I even reached out to somebody at FX today being like, hi, I don't see it on the portal. It jumped, it's, there's a, like a, a screener portal for FX, so it's generally just loads when it's ready, and um, it's not up there, and it's, it's been like that for the last couple of seasons of that show, and uh, the woman, um, FX uh, confirmed. She was like, yeah, we're not, there are no early anything for Horror Story. And I even reached out to Netflix about uh, The Watcher, which drops in like two days. I'm dying to see it. And I reached out to somebody last week and like, ooch, nothing. They didn't even respond to me. And that's a Ryan Murphy show too. Oh, I didn't realize that. That's interesting. Is that the one with um, Jennifer Coolidge? Yes, it's Bobby Cannavale, Naomi Watts, Mia Farrow's, and I, it's based on a true crime uh, show that I read a, a big article about, <laughs> like, the true story about it. It, it looks kind of, like, wild and fun and creepy, so, yeah, that drops like 13. Well, have they released a full trailer for it? Because I saw the, yeah. the Karen Calhoun trailer. Yeah, there's a, there's a full trailer for it, but I actually didn't even realize that the Karen Calhoun thing was for that show. Hmm. Um, I thought, I was like, what is it? Because I don't think, maybe I just missed it, but I don't think the Karen Calhoun trailer tells you what it is. No, no, and, it's just her. Yeah, you have to like sort of search. Yeah, and that's the house that's featured in The Watcher. Uh. Um, so, um, yeah, I guess she's the realtor. But it's just sort of like, well, that trailer doesn't tell you why it's connected to the show. So why you I don't know. Well, it's an amazing cast. And, you, you know, on top of the people that you mentioned, yeah. Noma Desweeney, uh, Richard Kine, Margaret Martindale. Um, yeah, just, uh, that's great. It's only seven episodes. I'm, I'm, I'm excited to see it. I will put that on my, uh, of course, <laughs> I guess we're all spoiling um, our flash forward yeah. content, but uh, that's coming out uh, Thursday, is it, you said? Mm -hmm. Okay. I'm tempted um, to be like, hey, Netflix, just check in. <laughs> Let me double check my account while we're looking. What about uh, Blackbird? I was wondering about that too, because I feel like that was something people were talking about for a little bit. Um, and then 
Same with that was a show that I was thinking of, and the old man were two shows that I was thinking about as something that people talked yeah. about for a little bit and then um they went away. I wonder if Blackbird is and I don't know if it's just because it's an Apple show, but I had wondered if uh Blackbird is gonna have like a defending Jacob situation. Like people will like it. Um, I think more people actually watch Defend Jacob than they they did Blackbird because Blackbird's only like five or six episodes and it sort of came and went. And I think if anything, it's going to be a play for Taryn Edgerton, probably not series. Right. What about Paul of Walter Hauser? Maybe, but I don't, I don't necessarily. I don't know. I think it's just I feel like more people are talking about uh, Taryn, and that's it. Especially because like there's. There's pictures of him in gray sweatpants, and he's hot and buff and long. <laughs> I'll send you the picture. What about the pa- <laughs> what about the patient, Megan? Um, I think if it's a play for anything, I mean, I I'm I was hot on this show, and then now I've kind of cooled on it, but I haven't finished it yet. Um, I could see uh, Dom Hall Glee- uh, Gleason. Is that his name? I always yeah. get it wrong. I uh, could see him maybe getting in because it's playing against type. I feel like he's usually somebody who plays a nice guy and he's playing a serial killer in this. I don't know. I mean, also people love Steve Carell too. If he can get in for um, something like The Morning Show, um, here he's he's playing a dramatic role. I mean, it's 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 a... I don't know if it's a likable, I don't even know if it's a likable role because I don't feel like I know enough about him, but um, that's probably one of my nitpicky things about it. But um, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like if anybody, it's, it's uh, Don, Hall, Don Hall Gleason. I, okay. I do think that, I, I did want to tell you that I did start that show. Mm-hmm. Um, I, the thing that I love about it, <laughs> I said to Jason um, right before we watched, I was like, how long are these episodes? He's like, Oh, 21 minutes. I was like, oh. yeah. I was like, yes, that gives me such a boner. And he goes, okay. I think they get, <laughs> I think the episodes get longer as the show goes on, but I did. Oh. The first two episodes were like 20 minutes, I think. And yeah, it's like um, 21 minutes. Like, yeah, oh, yeah. And it was it's really shorter effective. than episode 30 rock. Um, Especially with the cliffhanger at the second end of the second episode. Every time that I, we watched three episodes and at the end of every episode, I fell asleep. Oh, really? Yeah. Wait, do you know what the cliffhanger is at the end of the second episode? I don't. I have to go back and rewatch it. Okay. Because it kept me like, oh, mom. wow, I need to watch more. But um, I feel like I've just, um, I don't know. I don't feel like me. I, I tried. I usually try to check on Twitter to see what people are saying about it, too. And I yeah. I mean, I think it has some fans, but it's nothing like rapturous or anything. Um, and it is weird that it is. it seems like a property that you'd want to put it in Emmy time. And it came out right when the Emmys were like happening. Yeah. Like... And it also is the Americans writers. So it's like prestige, you know? Yes. Yeah. Um, the last thing I want to mention here in limited series is something that I think, I, I think Apple would be wise to, to put their marketing prowess behind, even though Blackbird got better reviews overall, I think there there would be 
there'd be a stronger Emmy play for five days in Memorial. I think that's, I think that's another reason why Blackbird's not going to get anything because I think five days has a bigger sprawling cast. It has more of an important message. Um, that I think you could nominate across the board in a lot of places. I would agree. And I, I initially had Vera Farmiga in supporting actress, but as I finished the series, I, I pushed her up. We don't have any official notification from the studios as to where they're placing uh, actors and performances in which category and even which genre, limited series, drama or comedy. So we're just going with our guesses um, until, you know, and we won't know for sure until sort of the um, FYC sites are up and running, but um I pushed Vera Farmiga up to actress because I think she's definitely the center of the piece, um, particularly in the end when it's just focusing on her and um, less so on Cherry Jones. By the way, I apologize that my dog just hacked up while you were talking. Oh, no, I didn't, I didn't hear it. Okay, good. I was worried they were like, um, what is going on back there? My dog is sitting outside the door. Oh, he's doing it again. Sorry, I'm sorry. Um, I don't think there's really anything else in the conversation yet. Um, maybe Obi-Wan Kenobi, but it was, I don't know, that just feels so long ago that I, I don't know that they're going to, Disney is going to campaign it and we'll see how the uh, guild season goes, but I, I don't know that, that that factors in at the end of the day. It was something that was like popular for a little bit, but I think the, the only the thing that I remember about it is the controversy of people being upset that there was like, what, a black Jedi or something? I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> that's pretty sad that that's what I remember um, about it. So fucking stupid. I mean, it's so predictable too, um, that anytime some sort of Disney announcement comes out and it tinkers with nostalgia in a modern way in an inclusive way it's just this this backlash that I, I i almost don't even know it's so predictable i don't even know if it's some sort of twisted marketing ploy at this point to try and get people to you know there is no such thing as bad press to get people to rally to its side i don't know it just is so now now i don't think that this is what actually happened with moses ingram because it, it did there were personal attacks against her and and I know uh, Ewan McGregor filmed that video and came to her defense. Um, but, but it, it happens just, with every damn show. <laughs> it does. It's so bizarre. In I mean, you 20, see what I'm 22. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it, and then there's a think piece about it. Like, a, like a, you know, all these think pieces about it's, it's upsetting that it's come to this, that it's like, you have to brace yourself for if you see a show trying to be inclusionary. It's like, uh oh. <laughs> and it and it all seemed to start with Kelly Marie Tran for uh, right. Last Jedi. Uh, and as, to an extent, John Boyega. Oh yeah, John Boyega too. Yeah, yeah. we can't have a yeah. black Jedi. Black Jedi, black mermaids. Reminder, everyone: racism is fucking stupid. <laughs> <laughs> and then they did. Um, they kind of like just forgot his character, right? That's what I heard about the last two movies. Were just kind of like, let's focus on um, <laughs> our Adam Driver. Yeah, it was just all about him and Daisy Ridley. 
Yeah, they didn't give uh, poor uh, John Boyega much to do in either movie. Uh, more so in Last Jedi, much less so in um, in the the Skywalker Return of the Skywalker. I don't remember the name of it. Uh, all right, um, let's jump over to comedy. So, Abbott Elementary obviously has premiered. It's at the top of our list on the Emmy tracker um, outside of Abbott Elementary and what I would assume to be a larger nomination hall um, this year, um, now mm-hmm. that it's it's made a, a splash. Um, what else can bubble up and l- extend all the way to the end of the Emmy season? Um, I'm hope this is more of a personal home. I'm not sure if this is real, but I'm hoping the presence of Maya Rudolph can carry her to at least a nomination just because of her loot for Apple. Um, I mean, in the last five years, she's won how many Emmys for like voiceovers and stuff and for, um, you know, guesting on SNL as being Kamala Harris. I would love to see her get nominated and even necessarily win for a lead performance in a comedy series. It sort of boggles my mind when I was going through the show and I'm a big fan of the show. Um, that I was like, this is like, is this like literally her first starring role on a like comedy? Like, I know she had that show on with uh, what's his face on Amazon, Fred Armisen, the uh, the one where they were dead, the where they were dead, and I was like, that's a little no, but I mean, she's she gets to sort of really utilize all of her talents and the things that people love her for. She gets to do it every single episode, um, and it is sort of a a, a workplace comedy that has a little bit of a, a softness to it. So I don't know. I'm hoping that happens. Pause on that for a second. Speaking of uh, Fred Armisen, did you guys see the trailer for Wednesday? No, but I saw that he's, um, is he cousin it? He's Fester. Oh, uh, Fester. That's it. Yes. Yeah. This is interesting. I don't know. I don't know what to think of it. It's almost a little Harry Pottery. Oh, really? I think it's more, what's that? Uh, or it's like the series uh, of unfortunate events. Lemony Snicket. That other one that Tim Burton did in Ava. Oh, the the one. Oh God, I've read that. Pellegrin's Children. Yes, Miss Pellegrin. Yeah, that's what I got from the trailer. Yeah, I can see Harry Potter from that, but um, Harry Potter, but it was all Slytherin. <laughs> right. Uh, yeah, I actually the, my big takeaway from that is like, why does Morticia look so sad? Where's the winkiness? I don't know. I don't know. Well, we'll see when that premieres in sometime in November. I think I don't know why November. Yeah, why, yeah, why are they drop? Why aren't they dropping it they're now? Because they're doing it probably. They, it's dropping around Thanksgiving, so they probably won't. Oh, okay. Make a big number so when people on Thanksgiving break. Right. So, loot, um, Megan. What what would you like to see uh, that has already premiered to be remembered at this time, or what do you think will be remembered at this time? Next year? Um, there's nothing really that I I haven't watched Atlanta. Um. I kind of, I, I feel like they are just dumping these seasons. Yeah. Do you feel like that? Yeah. Like, it's, it's, there's no fanfare for them. Like, yeah, yeah. The final season's on right now. Like, that's crazy to me. Yeah. I feel like no one is talking about it. And I didn't even know, like, I feel like they just kind of quietly are putting these out. Like, let's get this over with. Um, it's a shame. Yeah, it is. And I, I, I haven't even, I didn't even get to finish the last one, but I liked, I mean, I really liked what I saw in the last season, but um, I, 
I ha- okay, I think that this is a show I've only seen like bits and pieces of, but one that I hope people remember just because I like that it exists is Ghosts. <laughs> you like um, Ghosts? Yeah. Yeah, I think it's just I just I love the premise and I I it's one of those shows that I think I need to just sit down and watch, but I have like I've like seen bits and pieces just from my aunt watching it. Um but I think it's a cute show and I'd love to see I would love to see like a resurgence of network television. Uh, and Abbott mm-hmm. Elementary is kind of, you know, leading the way. Uh, and Abbott has been great this this season. It's like kept up, um, kept up really well, I think, with, with the momentum from last season. But um, I'd love to see ghosts kind of get some attention. Yeah, or stay in the conversation. Yeah, particularly Brandon Scott Jones, who I feel like is just bubbling right under the surface of getting that nomination yeah. for a uh, supporting actor in a comedy series, but uh, hasn't quite broken through yet. Is ghosts on like a streaming network yet? It's on Paramount plus. Okay. I feel like if it got like, this is always terrible. My, my tactic for finding network shows is to get it on Netflix, is, which is <laughs> awful. But I feel like this is a show that people would binge and be like, Oh, it's so adorable. And, um, I, I yeah, I, it's one of those things I need to get to um, more. T- I mean, I've seen bits and pieces. I think I saw, I forget which episode I saw. Um, but yeah, it's it's one that I just really like that, that it's in that it's in this even in this conversation. So I'm so in love with that show. It's ridiculous. I love it so much. It's so funny. It is. It is like um, Abbott and it, and there's like one that I'm forgetting. It is sort of like great network ensemble comedy. That that is what it's doing. Anybody? It is. It has such a like extensive bench. Like I always think about all the people in that show. Like it's really what a what a dream for those actors too to get to do like fun stuff like that. I think. Well, I interviewed the Rebecca Wasaki from that show, and she's amazing. And I remember her. She had one scene with. Um, Kristen Davis on Sex in the City. And I got to oh. her and she has, it's a whole, the whole episode where um, Trey is in fucking Charlotte and she, she almost calls Samantha a slut and she goes out with her old friends and her, she, t- she tells her friends, I just want to get fucked. Don't you ever want to just get like really fucked? Like your head is hitting the head part. I could quote the whole episode. And Rebecca Wasaki says like, Charlotte, we're eating. And I told <laughs> that. I told her that when I interviewed her and she, she's a delightful, delightful person. Like that show has a ton of people on it that are, you know, they've been around for a while and they've been in bit parts and everything like that. And they're finally getting their due with the show and they, every episode, everyone shines. It's great. Sorry. No, I, I a hundred percent agree. But you know, one show we kind of don't think should be in here and this is going oh, to be controversial. Shady bitch. I think we're only murders in the building. <gasps> How dare you? Yeah, I was, I was going <gasps> to ask about that because I mean, it did really well, you know, in terms of nominations for its first season, but I feel like that first season was discovered by so many people and it was something that people loved when they saw it and it it had this sense of discovery around it and people were talking about it and there was this intense buzz. Now that it's an established property, I feel like a lot less people are talking about it. Yeah, I do feel like that too. And I feel like, um, I just didn't, I did not like that ending. And I, no. I really, it, it, it kind of made me, th- not to go back to the white Lotus, but it made me think of like, 
we're doing this again type of like come up with something else. I mean, that's just based on the trailer for the white Lotus season two. But, um, I, I wanted to see them do something different. Um, and I feel like it's just going to be the same. Like I would have liked to have seen that it has a time jump. You know, I would have liked to see the two years in between that more than I would like to see where they ended up in the finale. Well, I think I would actually, to offer a rebuttal to that, I think that will, uh, I think showing the stuff in between is going to be what the third season is all about. Um, you might be right. You're probably right. But I I just felt like, again, like this, it just seems like, how can this happen to the same people? And I know that's supposed to be funny, but it was it was kind of funny the first time. But now it's just like, huh. You know, when you hear this, it's like when you hear the same joke three times. I disagree. Okay. Well, well. certainly um, it's one of those wait and see things, right? So you, right. you see how they, how they incorporate it. I will say I, I really responded to the last season. I thought leading up to the last five minutes, that last episode was actually very good. Oh, yes. That last five minutes did seem to take the wind out of my sails when I was watching it because... I was like, oh, they're just bringing Paul Rudd on to get murdered. And I don't know. It just it just felt off. It wasn't in the building. And I know that would be repetitive, too. I, I don't know what the answer is. And, and certainly I'll, I'll reserve judgment until the, the third season comes out. But it just there's something that that was off with that with me, too. And even like oh. the whole Cara Delevingne storyline felt very that, that disjointed. Pointless. Yeah. At least Old Murders actually, in a way, acknowledges uh, sophomore slumps and stuff. They acknowledge it all throughout the whole season. Uh, I don't necessarily. I don't think it was on a sophomore slump. No, I don't think so. Well, I mean, like, I mean, I don't. I'm not saying that you're saying that either. I think that, like, I think they. I think they knew sort of what they were up against in creating a second season with that show because it is a very specific tone and it is a very specific kind of humor. And I will say that I think. Um, I mean, he does, Paul Rudd does die in a house, a theater house. So it's sort of a lot of Well, it doesn't have to be in a house. I mean, it is a building. A theater is yeah. a building. I guess, <laughs> really, this can go on for 12 seasons and just no one dies outside. That's what I really wanted it. <laughs> it just felt, I don't know. It, it, you're right. It was such a good last episode. And the, that last, those last five minutes did take, it, it left such a bad taste in my mouth. For a season that I actually enjoyed watching, so yeah, and, that's and a too season bad. that took a season that, in my mind, took a lot of artistic chances, or a lot of artistic risks in the way yeah. that they revealed the killer. Yeah, that um, sequence of them revealing the killer was—I'm sorry—that I could not stop laughing at that. That, that <laughs> killed me. Fucking killed me. The what? The the way they revealed the killer and the new season of Only Murders, that whole, that whole thing inside the apartment with the yes. the tricking and everything. I literally had to, I could not breathe. I was laughing so hard. <laughs> I don't feel the same way, but I was, I was having a really hard time <laughs> hoping. Um, just wrapping up comedy. Uh, I would also, I would love to see Reboot get some oh, yeah. sort of attention. I mean, I think it's a really charming, very well acted, very well written series that has slowly started to improve its its reputation just in terms of critical scores. 
Um, I'd love to see Paul uh, Reiser um, get a nomination for his work. And uh, it's an extreme long shot, but uh, Tatiana Maslany is very, very good in She-Hulk. That's what everybody mm-hmm. keeps saying about maybe I should give it a try. Everyone keeps telling me, you would like She-Hulk, doing. Everyone says that to me. You would like the uh, the latter episode. I mean, it's certainly a Marvel show, and it, it does, you know, the first couple of episodes aren't as funny, but when it when it kind of establishes establishes who she is and her and that they, this is basically a sitcom about a woman in the workplace who is a giant Hulk, but also wants to be herself. And I know that sounds horrible and cliche, but it, it is very funny. And she carries it off despite some really horrible um, CG that I just can't believe they put out there. Oh, I did Was enjoy it? reading all the tweets of men saying like, wow, this is what women have to go through. <laughs> <laughs> what? But it took... She-Hulk, the lawyer show, for men to realize that women have face injustice in the workplace. <laughs> oh, man. But uh, she's very good in it, and she rises. Yeah, she's always good, yeah. <laughs> Wait, what did you say, Clarence? I just said she rises above all of the stuff that she she's, she's made. It's almost alchemy. She has mined a real performance out of the material. That's great. I should give it a shot. You know, it's it's not gonna. I, I will say it's not gonna be your thing because you're you're not a Marvel person. But no, I'm not. But um, but there are certain things I I there are certain things I liked about um, WandaVision. I did find it fascinating with the with the different genres. Um, I just think that. It was when the kids show was just like it, it had to be like cheesy kid stuff, which I do think Disney probably wants to like find its way to really having more maybe adult conversations with their content. But, um, well, they took a huge know. step forward with that with this past weekend with uh, Werewolf, um, oh, yeah, Werewolf by Night, which is oh. directed by uh, composer Michael Giacchino, uh, and is pretty graphic for a disney plus show really yeah yeah i'm surprised i was like oh this is my lunch okay yeah but it was fun it's really fun it's only it's like 53 minutes long yeah it's like it was it's like it's like a fun hunger games sort of ish thing with monsters yeah yeah it's a perfect little halloween treat oh interesting I want to kick off our conversation with drama series by saying um, to talking about my progression with house of the dragon. I, I know we've, yeah, I wanted before. to hear more about it. I saw a little bit of it in the article. It, uh, it this is a show that I, I liked um, in the first couple of episodes. I didn't immediately love it because I didn't feel like I'm not one of these. I, I, I was amazed. I was talking to Joelle about this the other day. Actually, I was amazed that when it premiered that so many people were, immediately into it because it took me a little bit to find my way through it like i it was it was much more dialogue driven than anything else i mean there's certainly scenes of characters flying around on dragons for sure but it's it's much more yeah (laughs) it's much more like succession um that way those first couple of episodes but once it hits episode five and the character it takes a 10-year jump and they 
introduce older actresses, one of one of whom is Olivia Cook, and the other one is Emma Darcy, um, in uh, the main character's place. Uh, it 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 just it becomes so much more compelling, so much more dramatic, so much more soapy in a way. Um, and this this uh, episode that aired this past weekend, episode eight, um, is one of the top episodes of a Game of Thrones episode. I've you know in in either series, it is it was wow so yeah. compelling, such a rich character arc to a particular character played by Patty Constantine, um, and it, it's it's. Uh, it's undeniable that this is going to get nominated. It's going to get a bunch of nominations, maybe not cinematography and certainly not uh, opening score because it is the exact same score from game of Thrones season eight. But um, I used to think that Matt Smith was going to be the token nominee from the show. And now I think it's going to be Patty Considine. Oh, people are loving his performance so much. And, and he really has a tour de force in this last episode where they've already said, give, you know, hand him the Emmy. He is engraved on his... I could say that. You know, we'll see. It's a long season, and I don't know if they're putting him in actor or supporting actor. I did put him in, in actor because I, I feel like he is the 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 sort of the, the, the irony of his character is that he is not a good king, but he is a good person. And you start to think about looking back on Game of Thrones, you start thinking about, can you be both a good king, a good ruler, and a nice person? And um, he struggles to keep his Targaryen family together through the entire season. And uh, he thinks that he does. And then he, um, it's, it's not really a spoiler to say that he has died, because I know a lot of people have talked about the fact that he died um, in this last episode. Um, in his last words, he completely undoes everything in a in a sort of a, a morphine and not a morphine. It's a milk of the poppy, but we'll call it morphine um, induced haze. He undoes absolutely everything that he does that he had tried to do and sets into motion um, the events that will lead to a Targaryen civil war. And wow. it's just it's it's poignant and it's sad and it's. It's very emotional. There's a scene that he has where he uh, he's, he's, has physical ailments, and there's a scene where he comes into the throne room to hold court one last time, and it's one of the best things I've seen on, on Game of Thrones. Wow. Yeah. It, it's, this show has surprised me in how, um, how, in, how involved, invested in it I've become. Yeah, I, I'm hearing people talk about it. Well, I've heard mixed things, but... Um, but it's not as disastrous as I think we all thought it was going to be. Yeah. Um, which which is good to hear for especially for fans that were disappointed with how the first one ended. For sure. And I just realized I left off someone of the I left off Emma Darcy from um, supporting actress in a drama from the uh, Emmy tracker. So I'm going to correct that right now, even though I usually update them on Fridays because that is a huge you know, oversight. I think, um, I feel like in the last couple of months there, especially leading up to both the premieres of house of the dragon and, uh, Lord of, Lord of the Rings, rings of ring, rings, rings, rings. Um, I just conquering of power. <laughs> <laughs> I did see a lot of people talking about how, 
with rings, cock ring, and fuck face, whatever the hell. Um, a show that I wasn't necessarily into watching because I wasn't a fan really of Lord of the Rings. Um, and I know some people were struggling with it at the beginning, but a lot of people were saying kind of the same thing about um, Rings of Power that they were saying about House of the Dragons. Like, you, it, it has a really rough start, but it has a really good payoff. So, I have to change my flash forward. <laughs> yeah, um, I... I, I did not return to um, Lord of the Rings after the first two episodes that I saw. The first two episodes were exactly what you expect. Of It's very consistent with Lord of the Rings. And yes, there was a whole conversation about, oh my God, there are black dwarves. Fucking Christ. I remember that conversation. <laughs> I mean, come on, people. This is... This is Tolkien. These there are there are hobbits with hair on their feet that look like human monkey hybrids. And I don't, and, I don't and see myself in these hobbits. That's wrong. There are elves with pointy ears, and there are orcs that that are ogres. There there can be black dwarfs. I mean, what the hell? Just because it's not explicitly written, like the thing that boggles my mind is that they're saying awesome. there were no. Uh, there were no black characters in the books. Well, it was written a hundred years ago, and he didn't, <laughs> he didn't say, "Here's a white elf, here's a Chinese elf, here's an Indian <laughs> elf." You know, he just says they're elves because who fucking cares what they look like. I, I, I'm so just I, I almost want to defend that show because I'm so done with that argument. But uh, it is an ex- I find it to be an excruciatingly boring show. But that's because I'm not a lord of the rings person but i also think even like the because lord of the rings was such a huge phenomenon of, in the past 20 years you would think this would be a bigger phenomenon i feel like no one is talking yeah. about it i agree i don't and i just thought maybe it's i'm not following the right circles on twitter but a lot of game of thrones uh, house of the dragon content comes on my feed from people that i don't and maybe I'm searching for it. I don't know. You know, it's the algorithms that they play. I don't search for Lord of the Rings stuff. So maybe I'm just not seeing all of the tweets and maybe they're certainly out there. But I just feel like there's when when House of the Dragons airs, there's 24 hours of gold content that comes to me. <laughs> Although I do wonder if like Lord of the Rings seems to be the more introverted group. So maybe there are people are just watching it but not tweeting about it. Well, there's clearly not enough. Um incest in <laughs> i was gonna say do, do, do you think that game of thrones ruined it for everybody <laughs> <laughs> i don't know no because they're all i mean actually look I, I i tried not to do this because i didn't want spoilers and and but i eventually i got <laughs> one o'clock this morning when i couldn't sleep i got online and i started looking up the targaryen family dynasty <laughs> there's a <laughs> lot of i know i know it's, it's i love sad. it it's no, sad. I think it's great. I love it. There's a lot of twisted branches in that family tree. There's a lot of uncle, brother, cousin stuff. We <laughs> <laughs> oh. uh, have that in just, West Virginia too. <laughs> um, That's where. Sorry to our West Virginia listeners. That was a joke. <laughs> My wife's family's from West Virginia, and I, I'm, oh, yeah. I'm not aware of uncle, brother, cousin. <laughs> <laughs> I just remember but, that um, song, I'm My Own Grandpa. It was always the song <laughs> that we used to listen to as kids. But what I was trying to figure out was how do these people, like, they all look like Daenerys Targaryen, but, you know, is this her great-grandmother? Is this, you know, and I still don't know the answer to that question, but 
I did love one thing this, and I'll stop talking about House of the Dragon because I know you guys don't watch it, but I did love one thing that it was going around on Twitter. That was there was gold, but there was one thing that was like fucking Jon Snow is still fucking things up, and he is not even in the show. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I won't explain oh, why, but okay, uh, that's really funny. Yeah, it, 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 there's something there. So, um, one question that I ask in a piece that I'm very interested. I know we've talked about this show before, but you know nearly six months into the season, you know, when you, when you look at something like house of the dragon with, with, you know, drama with special effects, with just a lot going on with it. And then you look at something like the bear, which I do argue, you know, it's got roughly half hour episodes, but it packs as much dramatic content into those half hour episodes as an hour show. Um, I, I'm still thinking that it's in there. I I think so too. Uh I mean, I know I'm more of the bear person probably of the group um i uh i think the acting is really good i think people are still i I, for a while there there was that meme of like uh do you know what i'm talking about where it's a picture of um oh him like yes and they like i forget what they had like they had some sort of like specific phrase that they were using and it was going around and I was like, what is this about? And then it's, I haven't seen it since, but it was oh, like maybe like two or three weeks ago. When I make ramen. <laughs> or something yeah. Like that. Something like that. Yeah. And I thought, Oh wow. This is like, I do feel like things will pop up like that now and then, which shows people still um, like, I even think not to get back to the movies, but like, I think the menu could do well based on I'm based on a lot of things, but I think people are all kind of obsessed with that food culture. And like, even the fact that in the preview, they're like, yes, chef. I was like, Oh my God, people are going to love this. The bear fans are going to love this. Um, Wait to see the menu. Yeah, me too. Um, But uh, I think that I, I, especially if they're do if they're working on a second season now, which I think they are, if they Mm. get in to a window where it's coming out during Emmy voting. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, I think that could be really, yeah. really good for it. Like even kind yeah. of like Ted Lasso season one did. And I, and I think it's going to show up in some guilds. I think it's going to get a writing writer's guild nomination. Cause I think the screenplays are, are excellent. I don't know if it gets Jeremy Allen white or, uh, I, uh, it, it, Ayo Adirby. Yes. Thank you. Or Adibiri. I'm sorry. Ayo uh, Adibiri. Thank you. Yeah, I, to, I just had to. Get I I don't know. She's she could. She's very likable on the show. She I is. don't. I do think that the they could get a director's for that one episode that's all done in like one take. Oh, the one where they uh, right said six, where it's like twenty minutes long. Yeah. Yeah. So if it gets, I think it's a writers guild, his directors guild. It's going to be in the conversation for sure. I I, I think, and, and you're looking at. You're not going to have Stranger Things back. You're not going to have Ozark back. You're not going to have um, Succession. Succession. Succession will be back. I, I uh, will. Okay. Yes, because uh, uh, Jeremy told me so. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I did ask him when uh, uh, I saw him and tell you right if, if uh, it was coming back for the spring. So yes, it will be back. Succession will be back. I think um, Yellow Jackets probably will be back. Maybe not in February, but but toward you know the uh, April May because they can't wait. A, 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 they can't wait two years. I mean, they they need no. To and I'm worried if because the plan was for them to come back this Christmas or the same time mm-hmm. period. Mm-hmm. Um. So, but yes, we've heard rumblings that that might not be the case. But it has to. It has to. 
even though I keep seeing like cool things, they've had like a party recently. Did you see that like um, Yellow Jackets home doom coming party that they had uh, on Instagram? Yes. It was really cool. It was just like dress up as like what would you wear to doom coming and stuff. It was just a cool uh-huh. pop up. So they're staying in the conversation. Antler Queen was there, so that was good to see. She's still getting out and about. <laughs> I just imagine her like stumbling around Los Angeles, just you know, yeah, at parties. You know, the... <laughs> Antler Queen is not going away. She is living for her moment right now. Yes. Um, another thing that is. I mean, there's six episodes of Better Call Saul. I have it in there because I feel like people, you know, if there aren't immediately obvious eight, immediately obvious eight uh, episodes or series um, for drama series, I feel like they'll name check that, even though there were only six episodes and and it was just kind of a muted finale. Um, I do think, you know, the same perennial nominees will get in there plus Rhea Seahorn. Whether or not yeah. anybody wins, I mean, remember this is a show that for six years, six uh, six seasons, um, has only won two Emmys, and those are not actually for the series; they're for um, basically oh, yeah. marketing material. Really, that's crazy yeah. to me. That is it's, crazy. It never won a single thing. Um, it won short form for like a Los Polos Hermanos uh, training video or something like that, right? And some people think of it as like, like the, uh, is it better than Breaking Bad? Like, you know, I, I think of them as almost like Godfather One, Godfather Two, even though I've not seen Better Call Saul. But I know that's kind of the comparison that I've seen is that some people are in the boat that it's better than the first than the original, and you know, obviously some people don't feel that way. But uh, it's interesting that who knows? I I can't see it. It launched such a big campaign this year i can't see them doing anything after over a year of of, you know of other shows i just can't see i i wonder if it gets in at all if if this is a crowded race but um i don't know it'll be interesting to see what happens well certainly this will be bob odenkirk's last opportunity to win an emmy for this role and and, yeah uh, he didn't win this year but um I don't know. We'll see. The last thing I think is is sort of uh, kind of guaranteed is probably season five of The Handmaid's Tale. Yeah, even though I also feel like this one has been like I don't see a ton of people talking about it. No, I don't either. But I do. You know, if and it really depends. All of this depends. Maybe less so House of the Dragon because I feel like House of the Dragon is kind of inescapable right now, at least. But. Um, they could bomb the ending of this of the of the season, but uh, I feel like depending on how much more content there is for the rest of this Emmy year, that there, there may be a lot of name checking here. And if they don't love something else, I mean, I don't even have Westworld in this column at all, oh. and that is entirely on purpose. Um, <laughs> but uh, they may name check Handmaid's Tale, and you know, we may look be looking at a supporting actress category that has Rhea Seahorn three actresses from The Handmaid's Tale, two actresses from The House of the Dragon, and maybe um, the actress from The Bear. So, Yeah, and Han- I think that's a good call because I do think Handmaid's is one that you never want to count out because it always tends to show up. Yes, and, and Film Twitter, um, who, who uh, dabbles in Emmys, they love them some uh, Elizabeth Moss and any yeah. drama. They do, yes. Jason just started watching it. 
from, from the, the beginning. beginning from the beginning since he's only seen like the first five episodes and so he was like i want to watch it from the beginning and then i was i was watching the you know this doesn't sound so cheesy but it's sort of like so handmaid's show was the first streaming show to win a series emmy the emmy mm-hmm. and it was sort of just like you know i just remember we were so all in on the handmaid's show we could not stop talking about that show because it was everywhere it was a cultural phenomenon um, especially with everything going on in the world, blah, 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 blah. But also it felt, watching those episodes again, it sort of was like when you see how, um, you can see how it has influenced other shows, if that makes sense. Like, you know, it's the type of show that has obviously influenced a lot of dramas. Um, and so, you know, just seeing the way it's filmed and the way that they 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 shoot stuff and um, just how important it is. It's sort of uh, watching the episodes from the first season just only like what five years ago that it it was sort of strange to watch it back. That's all. Yeah, that's interesting. Um. Yeah, and and I'll and remind. I want to sort of not correct, but amend what you just said because the three of us were talking about Handmaid's Tale so far in advance that year of anybody else oh, yeah. saying like we uh, we can go back and pull the podcast episode where a mutual um podcaster was on our episode and belittled us for thinking so much of the handmaid's tale in like february of that year i remember that yes and uh that that uh <laughs> we were all t- all three of us were talking about elizabeth moss is going to win and this is going to win drama series and uh and that person was like <laughs> <laughs> but anyway. that's funny yes that's funny. but I, I, I would gladly pull that podcast out <laughs> should listen to that you pull it up i would love to listen to it again i will do that at some point in the near future i can't guarantee you when um so i think those are the four major series that are sort of that have premiered that are in the conversation right now we have a couple other things i mean we talked about lord of the rings i think that's just a crafts thing at this point Mm-hmm. I could be wrong, but I, right now I'm saying it's a crafts thing. Uh, what what else do you, have you guys seen or or have you heard about that you think would potentially be in the conversation that perhaps I'm ignoring? I think you've you've got it pretty much. I mean, I think Interview with the Vampire has got some glowing reviews right now, but that's it's really early. It's like what two episodes? I think. Um, yeah, there's only I think three. I think three are out right now, but it's. I think a lot of people. Yeah, I did actually want to bring that up that. I had forgotten that there was even a, a new version of Let the Right One In. Out. Yes, yeah. What is with the vampire resurgence? Um, it's never gone away, Joey. <laughs> I know, I know, but I mean, it was sort of like we were so, you know, after Twilight and True Blood and all that stuff, it, it went away for a while. And then it's sort of just like, uh, you know, you know, in terms of it being everywhere, like, no, vampire yeah. it never went away. Um, well, vampires heard that cannibals were having a moment and they would like a word. <laughs> <laughs> and those are like this is our year back back up hello there's there's been a lot of conversation around andor um a show that i find again extraordinarily boring but those who love it really love it and it's directed by written and directed by tony gilroy um of michael clayton fame right Aww. oh yeah um, I don't like. Yeah. Are there any other shows? 
you know, Disney's going to push it for sure. And, uh, but they also have the Mandalorian season three coming up. And so that's going to be complicated, which one they pick. Yeah. The boys, uh, was nominated before. Um, I think this, I think season three is less focused and perhaps isn't something they will embrace again, but I could be wrong. And mm-hmm. I think that's really it. I mean, you've got your one-off couple of things here. I mean, um, we're going to talk about the Midnight Club next week, which I think is a drama series, not a limited series, because um, they are talking about a second season. Um, you've got Hillary Swank. Um, can't ignore her. But uh, And A League of Their Own. I haven't yeah. watched A League of Their Own. Joe, you did, right? No. I started it. It's not like I've, I've watched some of it. It's a show that... I, I want to go back and start it because it's um, I want to watch it separate from the all the people that are like it's the greatest thing ever. I do feel like there's either people who were really high on it or really low on it. I was it, like low on it. Yeah. It made a huge initial splash and then it just it went nowhere. Yeah. Um, but the, the ratings are good. The, I mean, the, uh, the critics grades are good. The, uh, audience score is good. So who knows? It's interesting that yeah. it's a drama series. Cause that, cause the original was kind of a comedy, right? Or was it a dramedy? I don't know. I don't think it was probably a dramedy. Yeah. I mean, there was a few Um, he's spaghetti lost her husband. Oh, is it the same characters as the movie? No. No. Okay. All right. Anything else um, that has premiered that maybe we've forgotten or uh, are, are we good to wrap this? I'm good to uh, wrap it. All right. Put a bow on it. Put a bow on it. We'll probably return to this in a month after a couple of other things have premiered. I'm sure we'll be talking about White Lotus when it drops. We'll be talking about The Crown when it drops. But um, just as a reminder to our wow. listeners, every Friday we update the uh, Emmy tracker and either uh, one of us or uh, our friend Jalal will be um, posting an analysis piece to kind of talk about what we've added, what we've, the changes that we've made, et cetera. So um, watch for that. All right, let's jump to the flashboard to the media we're most anticipating in the upcoming week. And um, I want to go first this time, if that's okay. Yeah. yeah. Um, book-wise, I am, <clears throat> so I'm going to the Middleburg Film Festival uh, on Thursday. Mm. I will only be there for a couple of days. I'll talk about what I'm going to see. But book-wise, I am almost done with Ashley Flowers' um, uh, All Good People. Um, I think it's All Good People. Sorry. Uh, yeah, All Good People here. Um, good book. Very uh, enjoyable. It's really interesting because I kind of figured out what the twist was. And, but they revealed the twist about somewhere around three quarters of the way through. So I'm interested to see what the rest of it is. Um, so I'll be listening to that on my drive up to Middleburg to see the white noise, excuse me, white noise, the whale glass onion, all quiet on the Western front. And she said, Oh, cool. I really hope that we do not disagree on one of those titles, because if you do, it's going to be a really long season for me personally. Well, I know which title you're talking about because I saw someone talking about it online today because Brendan Fraser got another standing ovation in the um, 
Los, is it Los Angeles Film or London Film Festival? LFF? Is that London Film Festival? Yeah. I don't know. There's some film festival yeah. where there was a standing ovation for the film and this person and, and someone on Twitter who is, you know, should, definitely part of film Twitter said, oh yeah, this is getting uh, best picture. This is going to get a best picture nomination and it's going to win adapted screenplay over women talking. And I'm like, that's not happening. Oh, no. I haven't even seen it. And I will tell you that's not happening. The um, <laughs> but, uh, when I get back, my son will be home for fall break, and oh. we're going to go see uh, Halloween Ends. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, I kind of want to see it just because I have seen the other two in the new trilogy, <laughs> so maybe I'll see it. <laughs> did, you, did you see the um, Halloween Kills? I mean, recently? Yeah, I did. The uh, Evil Dies Tonight. <laughs> Evil Dies Tonight. Yes. <laughs> but is there a time jump in this new one where it's two years later? I think so. That's so fucking dumb. The whole the whole thing takes place on like so the first two take place over the course of 24 hours, right? Yeah, same night. And then they do a two-year time trip. That makes no sense. No sense. Yeah, I've I've read something on a Reddit. A friend of mine is really into horror. Read something on a Reddit post and there's a rumor about what the plot is and I haven't had this confirmed so I don't want to share. But it 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 feels if that's true, it's going to be a massive cheat, and I'm I'm not thrilled with it. So yeah, we'll see. Uh, tell me uh, offline. I will when we're done. Okay. I'll tell you. Yeah. So that's what I'm looking forward to. Um, Megan, what about you? So I am still reading Ronnie Spector's memoir, which I really enjoy. Um, and then I'm thinking about not watching Survivor this week and instead watching The Challenge because I'm just. I think I mentioned before that the Survivor people are just too happy and too, they're all like Survivor super fans. And I, I cannot take that. It's really annoying. Um, so I might switch over to the challenge. Um, I also want to watch, I love you. You hate me. The Peacock documentary about Barney. Um, oh, yeah, I've heard I thought that. that looked kind of interesting. Um, and then on, I know this is jumping a little bit far ahead. Well, I also think that Rosaline movie looks cute. That's coming out this weekend, um, with, um, Caitlin Deaver. Um, but, um, on Monday, Joey, did you know that the Val 2 is dropping on Monday? Um, I saw a commercial for it before something on like HBO. Yes. And, uh, it was at like two in the morning. That's why I didn't message (laughs) I am really excited because I saw that uh, is it Nancy? What's her name is going to be yeah. featured in it? Should have been played like, by should have been played by my new follower, Jason Cameron, in the dramatization. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, I'm uh, looking forward to that. I also I think I have some probably other shows and stuff that I need to watch. I've been trying to catch up on things. Um, I've been trying to do more documentaries. Um, because I feel like that's my thing. So uh, I was actually going to send you a list. <laughs> yeah, I well, I was looking at Scott Feinberg's list of documentaries, and um, I know there's like some that I haven't seen yet that are not out that maybe I'll get to see at Savannah. But um, yeah, so I'm trying to trying to get through, and even just TV documentaries, I'm trying to get through as much as I can with that too. Yeah, I've got um, I've gotten a couple of screeners to some documentaries that even I want to see, and I'm not a huge doc fan, but I I, um, I want to see Goodnight Oppie so bad. Yeah, I, I heard that one's good. Yeah. Directed by, again. 
a gay is what you said. Um, Megan, are you wrapped? Yeah, go ahead. Joey, what about you? Okay, I'm going to try to be really ambitious. Um, I've been really uh, strong with my movie watching, like catching up on stuff from 2022. Like I watched On the Count of Three, which I thought was really interesting. Um, I watched The Invitation, which fucking sucked. Um, really? I was so disappointed. Um, another vampire property. Um, watched The Greatest Beer Run Ever, which I thought was fine. Megan, we should talk about that offline. And I watched a really sort of disturbing drama called Mitrum with uh, Judy Davis and uh, Caleb Landry Jones, uh, which is really good, but it's really hard to watch. Um, so movie-wise, I do have screeners to Weird and Decision to Leave and uh, the new Claire Denis movie stars at noon. So I'm trying to watch those all this week. Um, I am watched, um, I am reading a new career book called Less by Andrew Sean Greer. I will say that uh, I was thinking about going off the gay books, and then I saw that there's this guy who I interviewed for the website, Eric Cervini, who's a gay historian who did that show, The Book of Queer. Um, he's doing a, a, I think it's called like the Rainbow Book Bus, where they are taking gay books to towns that queer books are banned in. <laughs> So, like, they're driving, they're going to try to drive all over the country to um, be able to sell books with queer content that are normally not allowed to sell to people that want them. Um, gotcha, check that out. Um, and then I'm going to try to catch up with American Gigolo, Interview with the Vampire, The Watcher. Um, I just got screeners to Dangerous Liaisons on Stars. Um, and a show that I've watched two episodes of, of, of that I'm really, really excited to watch more of is Blockbuster on oh. Netflix, which is really cute, gives me some superstar vibes. Um, and then something I'm really excited, this last thing I swear, is I got the 4K Steelbook Blu-ray edition of Bram Stoker's Dracula. Wow. Um, like amping up the Halloween stuff. Uh, so that's it. Done. Cut, print, movie. Excellent. Bram Stoker's Dracula is a fantastic oh, so film. Good. Fucking love that movie. It's it's really great. All right. So does that cover it? Yeah. Yeah. Let's get the hell out of here. But before we go, just as a reminder, we will be talking about spooky TV shows next week, Ooh. including Netflix's The Midnight Club. So if you would like to watch that and uh, carry along the conversation with us, and we'll be offering some other spooky TV recommendations. So um I think that wraps it. So we are the three M's contributors, Joey Moser, Megan McLaughlin, and me, Clarence Moy, thanking you for joining us, asking you to remember to rate us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find us. Plus, subscribe to our YouTube page and wishing you a very pleasant tomorrow.